Welcome back to Cole America. I'm Chris Coleman, your host, back here again today. Got a few things that we want to go over. And I'm going to start out with a little college football. And I know y'all have seen it, y'all have heard it by now, the nail, the nail, whatever they want to call it, where players can profit from their name and likeness. And, you know, the court ruling came down, blah, blah, blah. And automatically, it's the Wild West. The NCAA did not, you know, uh, foresee themselves losing the case and go, all right, we're going to allow this, but here's rules in place. And there's a lot of rules not in place. Rules in place will come as we go. But not right now. Right now, it's the Wild West. Do what you want. Go get your money. And there's nothing the NCAA can do about it. So... I think it's great. Mm. I think it's a very good thing. I think about some of the past players and how much they would have made in college. And I mean, Tim Tebow, come on. How many jerseys is that guy selling? You know, how much would he have made? Probably about as much, if not more, than he made in his pro careers. Plural. Good bit. You got other guys. Think about like the Eric Crouches of the world. Guys that were really good college players that were beloved in their city and states. But, yeah, they didn't go into the NFL. Well, now there's an opportunity for those guys to make it. And someone was saying, well, this is just ridiculous. The teams that are in the major cities, they obviously have more money. They'll do it. I was like, hold on. Hold on. With that, there's money in every town. Somebody's paying the bills in every town. If you're the quarterback for Louisiana Tech, I promise you, somebody's going to get you an endorsement deal in Ruston, Louisiana. All right? Now, we all know, Tuscaloosa, you're going to be fine. (laughs) You're going to be fine. Mm. And... Will you see a separation of have and have-nots? I don't think so. I don't think as much as you already have. I mean, yeah, we all know that Mississippi State is the poorest school in the SEC. Uh, That's not going to change overnight. And they're not going to magically find more boosters. They can put more money into their program. So, yeah, I mean, oh, well, you can't get the money for the players. Is that going to hurt recruiting? Probably not. Probably not that much because they don't have to tell them they're not going to get that until they get there. Yeah. Oh, you got the transfer portal. You can leave. That's fine. Leave. Mm. You're already dealing with that. Let me give you a situation, though. Let me, let me jump out of football because this is for all sports. This is for all sports. The G League that they're starting now, college basketball with the one and dones. How many more of those guys are going to stick around and not go to Europe or not go to the G League because they can make this money in college? Are you kidding me? You don't think that the Dukes and Kansas and Carolina and on top of just, you know, the Texas and Alabama and schools that have money, you don't think they can come up with it for their basketball players? No, they'll come up with it. They'll find it. It'll be there. And I think this is going to make college basketball way better. I think more of the better players will stick around. You're going to see juniors that are good 
coming back to play college basketball. Hmm. So I and and you can do it with all of them. And and I think about some of the smaller sports. You know, like uh, women's softball. We just saw Montana Fouts. You know, uh, out there have a a perfect game, twenty one up, twenty one down. The women's college world series. She comes back to town, and there's somebody here at car dealership, whatever. When you want a perfect car, you know, just like Montana, and they pay her to do the commercial. You know, and so they can get something. I mean, what, was, what else are you going to do? Go play women's softball, professional women's? Come on. They can make more off that, off that commercial than they would play it as a pro athlete. So I think it's going to benefit a lot of them. Now, here's where it's going to be tough. The coaches. Coach, you've got a tougher job. Because one of the things that people are worried about, will there be resentment in the locker room? Hmm. You're that offensive lineman. You're that big ugly. And you're blocking. You're working your butt off every day. And that running back, he's getting paid. That quarterback, he's getting paid. Those receivers, they're getting paid. And you, no, you're hoping to get drafted, huh? So you too can get paid. Will you see some res- some resentment? Yeah, in some locker rooms you can, you will, you absolutely will. Uh, I think it's fortunate for Alabama fans to have somebody like Nick Saban in the locker room that can curtail all this and foresee everything and and take care of it. For other locker rooms, yeah. They're gonna have some. They're gonna have some issues as well, man. I'm out here. I, I'm blocking this for you. Blah blah blah. Where's my cut? What are you gonna do for me? You know. Hmm. What if you're running two quarterbacks, and one of them is getting getting endorsement deals, profiting, and taking the old lineman out to dinner or out to the bar, and the other one, he's getting a few. But he's just, you know, putting his money aside. You know, saving it forever. The smart thing. Well, who's that old line going to block better for? Who are they going to work harder for? See what I'm saying? You could cause some issues. We could have some issues with it. I listened to a guy the other day on the radio. I don't even know who it was because I tuned in late. But he made an excellent point. He was a basketball player in college. He knew he had no chance to go to the NBA. Not because of talent or skill or any of that, but because he had a heart arrhythmia. All right? So he knew he wasn't going to be able to go to the NBA. Well, if you got a player in that type of situation, or just a player that doesn't believe they're going to make it to the league, to the next level. All right, you got some free time this afternoon. You can go shoot some free throws. You want to go you know, put some work in in the weight room. You want to go do some work. Or you could go and do a couple of commercials and try and make some more money. Well, yeah, I mean it's the commercials, right? You're not going to the next. Le- you're not going to the next level. Go make your money when you make your money. How many of these guys will be more focused on getting their their brand, getting their touches, not doing the little things, doing their touch, you know, getting their stuff to get their money? As opposed to putting in the extra work 
these are all problems the coaches are going to have to deal with now. You know, it's, it's the world we live in. And I think it, it's, it's very interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Because now not only do you already have the transfer portal where if you – know, it's not even if, if Jimmy's not happy. If Jimmy's mom and daddy aren't happy, his uncles and cousins and everybody from his hometown, they're not happy, then, hey, you need to transfer and go somewhere where you can play, where you can get the ball. Man, you go there, you can play, you get your touches, then you're going to get paid. Because they got endorsement deals too. They can, they can get you paid over there, man. Go do that. It's about to go crazy. It's about to go crazy. And it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause problems that we don't even foresee yet. I'm giving the over-under on the NCAA lasting five more years. There will have to be a new governing body come in and take over with a fresh set of rules and stipulations and everything on everything. And I'm going to give it five years before they have to do it. And I think the perfect person to be president of that would be Nick Saban. If he was over in charge of it, this guy, every time a problem comes up or every time they bring something up, look, you know, letting these offenses go really fast, blah, blah, blah. You're not giving the defenses time to, you know, substitute unless they do, but it's going to change the game. And, oh, Nick's, Nick's just whining and crying because he's a ground and pound guy and he his offense didn't go fast and it's hurting his defenses and he's not going to win anymore. And he adapted and went, that's what I told you was going to happen. And now his offense goes faster than anybody. It scores more points than anybody. And he's like, I told you. For the transfer portal, he told him, he's like, y'all aren't going to like this. You're not. He goes, this isn't going to be good for everybody. It's not going to create purity. No, no, no. See, because if a, you're getting all these five stars to sign, and when they get there and realize that they're not going to get to play, they're going to transfer away from the Alabamas and Clemsons, Ohio State, and they're going to go to these other schools. They'll create more parity. And he's like, that's not how it's going to work. You watch. Yeah, we have guys transfer away, absolutely. We're guys that weren't going to play, absolutely. But you know what else? He gets transfers that come in. And now they're letting Nick Saban have a full spring practice and evaluate his team, which he does very, very well, and go, all right, Here's some holes we need to fill. What do we have over here in the transfer portal? Da-da-da-da-ding. I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take him. Yeah, the rich are getting richer off that, just like he said they would. He foresees it. He's been there. He's He, he knows it. He'd be the perfect guy. As an Alabama fan, no, I don't want to see him leave. I want to see him coach for another 40 years. The likelihood of that, not good. And it would take something like this. It wouldn't be another coaching job to get him to go away. It would take him going, look, you will be the president in charge of everything college athletics. <laughs> that's, that's tough to turn down right there. Now, I mean, he don't need money, but it would depend on what the money is. But he don't need it. You're looking at this playoff system right now. They're talking about it's going to go to 12 games. I think I've been through this on the show. I know I have, but I'm just going to go ahead and touch on it. It's stupid. It's a big jump from 4 to 12. 6 is what I would have done. 6, because go through the AP poll era. 
Go through the AP polls all the way back to 1936. You will not find a team, seventh or lower, that has a valid case at a national championship. I know because I've looked. I've done it. I understand the reason for them doing this is money. Okay, I'm willing to compromise. Let's go to eight. Eight teams. Now, we're not going to lose championship weekend. The SEC, ACC, all the Power Fives championship weekends, uh, beginning of December, first weekend of December. You're not going to lose those because they make too much money off of it. So, we know we've got that. Two weeks later, that will put you mid-December, around the 14th, 15th of the month. If you go to eight, you could go, okay, uh, the top four seeds will host five, six, seven, and eight on campus. Are you kidding me? Now you sold me. Now you sold me. <clears throat> Y'all ever work service industry in a college town? December is the worst month there is. Once graduation, everybody leaves. Oh, there's sports on TV. You got bowl games. You got basketball started. You got hockey's going. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. But there's nobody in town because they graduated. Look, a home game, a playoff home game in the middle of December. Who? Who? You're not. You're boosting economies of every college town that hosts immensely. It would be just ridiculous. And that's, that would be awesome. And then you go, okay, two weeks later, you're down to, you're there at January 1st. You could go semifinals and championship at neutral sites, just like you already have. What these clowns are going to do is they're going to go 12 teams get in, first four get a bye. So five, six, seven, eight will host 9, 10, 11, 12. And. With that, and they're going to have those on campus. Okay, that's kind of where I was at. But then you got to go to the round of eight. Those are all going to be neutral sites. And it'll be a neutral site for the round of eight, the round of four, and the championship. People cannot, will not afford to travel to all those games. Now, let's say you're Alabama. And you're... A round of eight matchup, which last year would have been the winner, uh, Cincinnati, Georgia. I like to believe Georgia would have won that game in a playoff scenario, but Cincinnati did win a bowl game against them. So we'll go Cincinnati. If it's Alabama, Cincinnati, how many people from Alabama were going to travel anywhere? Unless it happened to be in a town where you already live or are close to. Yeah, if it was Nashville, that's one thing. But if it's in Phoenix, something like that, no, we're not going to that. We're waiting on the semifinal that was in Dallas or the championship that was in Miami. They're not going to pay for that travel and doing that. And they're going to end up really, really hurting their own product by doing this. Because you, you've already devalued the season. And because the top teams are going to be there. If you're in the top four preseason, unless you have – like a 2000 Alabama season where we started out number three and ended up three and eight. You know, unless you have a season like that, just a colossal slide, you could have two or three losses and still be in. Easily. Easily. 
I pulled up 1999 just because I wanted to look who would the 12 teams have been before the uh, before the bowl games. And, yeah, obviously, you know, Alabama and Michigan that played in that orange bowl, they'd have been in. And uh, you have Florida State and Valtech and them that were undefeated, that, you know, and all those. And you had all those, those at the top. Minnesota was 8-3 and three that year. Minnesota would have been in those playoffs. And you're going to find a team like that every year. And you're going to go, why in the heck are they in there? But that was using AP polls and BCS stuff. This is going to be a committee. The committee that is there solely to protect the interests of the NCAA. The committee that is there to make sure it is they are putting in teams whose brands will bring fans, whose names will get them money for TV. Yeah, the matchups that people want to see. <coughs> That's what the committee's for. Otherwise, they'd have stuck with the BCS system. Oh, well, here we have all these people voting, and then we have a computer system, and we put them together and spit it out, and this seems to be coming out with pretty fair numbers, more fair than any other system. Well, we're going to go to four teams now, so rather than keeping the BCS, they threw that out and went, we're going to have this committee of people that half of them don't have anything to do with college football, and we're going to have them pick. Well, all right. Oh, it's a playoff, four teams. We don't care. Yeah, whoever can pick. Why? Why would you go to that? To make sure teams that brought the money in would be in. Well, we're tired of seeing the same four teams. Well, the same four teams bring the money. That's why the same four teams. So, now you're going to go to 12? Are the mid-majors of the Eastern Carolinas of the world going to be, are they going to get in? Maybe. You better be undefeated. One bad loss. They're looking for a reason to kick you out. Because you don't travel well. You don't have the fan base. You don't have the national media coverage. <coughs> yes, the U.S. as a country will follow Cinderella. They love the underdog story. They love to build you up when you're an underdown, underdog. But then they also love to tear you down as soon as you get on top. So watch out. Be careful what you ask for, I'm just saying. Now, let's jump over to some actual sports that are going on currently. I just wanted to give my two cents on all that. And, I mean, most of the guys you've seen signing these NIL things, uh, name, image, name, image, likeness things, have been in the tens of thousands of dollars. You haven't seen million-dollar contracts coming out yet. But you also don't have all the – look at all the quarterbacks that were drafted the past couple of years. You don't have all those guys sitting out there. You haven't had Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and all of them coming in writing the big checks yet. You will. You will. Anyway, back to the Euros. Semifinals start back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Spain against Italy. All these games will be played in Wembley. I want to point out a few things here real quick before I jump into these games. Spain, Italy, Denmark, England. Those are your final four. All four of those teams played all of their group play games at home. When they tell you that travel doesn't matter 
Oh, where you play the game doesn't matter. We'll go into their house. We'll beat them, whatever. Yeah, you can lose the game. Denmark lost their first two. And then they won in advance, and then they now they've kept winning. They're a darling of the tournament. Everybody's second favorite team is Denmark. I love it. I'm good with it. But don't tell me travel doesn't wear on your body. Anybody that's ever traveled knows it wears you down. Even if you're traveling like a professional sports team, it still wears you down. You're not you're not going straight home to your flat and relaxing. You're going, yeah. You're not going to the comfort of your home, and you're there within, you know, thirty minutes of leaving, uh, leaving the park. No, you gotta get on a plane and go, go here and go there, and yeah. Well, the four teams left all played all their group play games at home. Spain, Italy, Tuesday. Italy's the favorite, plus one forty-five. Spain coming in at plus two fifteen. The draw at plus two twenty. <laughs> the last 14 times they played in all competitions, then you got Italy with two wins, Spain with five, and seven draws. All right? In major tournaments, in, in major tournaments only, they are 4-1-4. Um, four, four. four wins, one draw. All right, four wins, one loss, four draws. In major tournaments. So, ooh, uh, kind of tough there. But Italy has definitely looked like the better team. They have won each of their first five. Um, they, they, it, it's, in, it's in Wembley. This game's in, in England. So, no real advantage for Spain or Italy there. Um, I'm going to go Italy for the win. I was tempted to take the draw. I'm really, really tempted to take the draw. But I'm going to take Italy, and I was looking at exact scores. 2-1 Italy is plus 950, and 3-1 Italy plus 2,200. I'm probably going to play a little bit on both those because I like Italy, but I like the over more in this game than anything else. Italy, you know, they gave up the one goal and ruined their streak. I think they're going to give one up. I think they get two, maybe three. A third one would be late. And I'm going to take Italy to win in advance. And the other one, this is Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock. You got Denmark at plus 450, the Darlings. England coming in at minus 155. And then the draw at plus 270. England's last six games against Denmark. They have one win, two losses, three draws. Ooh. It's like, wait, what? That that don't seem right, right? That, that seems a little off. This is the seventh time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> this will be the eighth time that England and Denmark have played in Wembley Stadium all time. All right. England is five and two all time at Wembley Stadium against Denmark. All seven of those games ended one to nothing. England won five times one zero. Denmark won two times one zero. That's crazy. Um, so you look at the exact odds for England to win 1-0, they're at plus 500. Denmark to win 1-0, plus 1,000. And I, I don't like either one of those. I think England wins this game. England's definitely the better side. England's got to win this game. Their country needs them. Are you kidding me? England has gone, they played 36 matches in the Euros and never made it to the final. 
that's the most games played without making it to a final of anybody, anybody in Europe. So they play more without being there. Uh, I think they've got to win this. They've got to at least get to the final. I mean, come on, you're at home. Everything's for you. Uh, and so looking at, I think England wins, and I think the over's good at two, two and a half. I like the over. So I was looking at 2-1 uh, for England. It's plus 850. 3 is plus 1,400. 3-1 to one plus 1,800. Now, you know, England has not given up a goal yet in this tournament. They're, they have not lost. They have not given up a goal. That's that's pretty that's pretty good. That's how you win games. That's how you advance. If they don't ever score, you're in good shape. Uh, I don't like the odds with the 2-0 or the 1-0, really. Um, they're both around plus 500, plus 600. I think that if you're calling the exact score of a game, it should be you should be getting rewarded more than that. So I'd like to see I, maybe 3-0, maybe 3-0 plus 1,400. Yeah, but uh, I think I think Denmark might be able to slip on in. And you say 2-1. Uh, Denmark played a great half in their last game. We're up 2-0. And then really didn't do much in the second half. So, whatever. Um, down to Copa America. Uh, the uh, Peru and Brazil play tonight. You're not going to hear this by the time it, they play. Brazil's going to win. It doesn't matter. The game tomorrow, the other semifinal there, Colombia and Argentina. Um... Argentina's minus 140. Colombia's plus 400. Over-unders, two. I like Argentina in this game. The fighting Leo Messi's. They were up 1-0 for a long time in the last game. And then uh, Messi with a free kick. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. They end up winning 3-0. Uh, I definitely like them. Uh, Peru, I feel like, was really fortunate to get here. If you watch their game against Paraguay, the referee gave a terrible, terrible red card to Paraguay. And when he did... It uh, it's at the end of the first half, and Paraguay is already down two to one, and now they're a man down. They come out in the second half, they tie it up two to two. Well, they go back down three two, they tie it up three to three. Still playing a man down. 89th minute, Peru gets a red card. Now we're ten v ten, but it, the match ends three three. And Copa America, they're not doing overtime at all. They go straight to PKs. I really feel like if they had gone to overtime, Paraguay wins that game in overtime. Uh, but they don't, and they go straight to PKs, and Peru won in PKs. PKs are a coin flip. Uh, Colombia and uh, in their match, Edison Cavani had chances, Suarez had chances, and Uruguay just couldn't put them away. Uh, they go to PKs, and those two I named, uh, Cavani and, and Suarez, were the only two from Uruguay to make their PKs. <laughs> so they go home. Uh, Colombia advances. But I think Argentina, Brazil, that's the collision course we're on. That's what's going to happen. Got something pretty exciting coming up. The uh, the championship for charity, golf. Yeah, golf. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady against uh, DeChambeau and Rogers. Huh. Let me just tell you, I've never been a Phil Mickelson fan. One of my roommates in college, huge Phil Mickelson fan, he pretty much made me hate him. And uh, he's gone, all right, I don't have a problem with Phil, but I'm not a Phil fan. Old lefty. I don't mind Brady. I'm not a huge Brady fan, but I, I like Brady. I'm okay with Brady. I don't like Aaron Rodgers at all. Deshambo, eh. 
He's a jerk. He's a bad guy. He's going to wear the black hat. I'm not totally against him, though. There's other people I'd rather see there than him. But I've got to pull for Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Those are seem to be who everybody loves. Now, remember, they've lost this. Because the sheriff, Peyton Manning, and his teammate, Tiger Woods, they beat these two last time during the pandemic. Well, you're not going to be able to uh, bring those back because Tiger's still laid up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers definitely had some extra time to work on his golf game since he's refusing to play for, <laughs> refusing to play for Green Bay. Uh, Mickelson's like, I don't know, 107 years old or something. Uh, so, yeah, DeShambo and Rodgers are favored in this. But I'm probably going gonna, gonna to be pulling for Phil and, uh, and Brady. I'm going to pull for Phil and Brady there. Now, real quick. We're at the halfway point of MLB trade deadline coming up at the end of this month. We're in July, people. It's July. It's crunch time. July 31st is the trade deadline. So let's look and see where we stand MLB. Right now, over the AL East, you got to start out. Biggest surprise in baseball this year, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yeah, they... Their last 10 games, they're 9-1. and one. They're sitting there. They're four and a half on, uh, ahead of Tampa on top of that division. Uh, everything about them has been good and fun this year. 53-32. Uh, and 32, I mean, come on. This is nobody gave Boston a chance for the season, and they have shoved it up everybody's. Tampa sitting there in second. Toronto, eight and a half back in third. The Yankees. Ten games back, three and seven in the last ten. Not looking good. Things are not looking good. Baltimore has a team. They're 25 and a half out. Nobody cares. Uh, over to the AL Central, you got the Chicago White Sox sitting on top of the division, 49 and 34. Mm. This is a parliament. Thank you, James. For that birthday gift, you glorious human being. They're delicious. It pairs well with Dr. Pepper. Um, <laughs> the India, the Cleveland Indians are six back, 42 and 39, but they've been struggling recently. They lost six straight. They're two and eight in their last 10. Uh, Detroit sitting down there, 11 and a half back, KC 14 and Minnesota 14 and a half. Moving over to the AL West. The Trastros, who have won four straight to get them to five and five in the last ten, have taken a three and a half game lead in that division. Nate, they're good. They're good. They seem to be they seem to have found it. They're playing good ball. 52 and 33, 19 games over 500. You got Oakland sitting right there, three and a half out at 49 and 37. Uh, they they've muddled around a little bit here. They're four and six in their last ten. But I mean, just look at the run differential. Houston's plus 137. Oakland's plus 29. Everybody else in that division is in the negative, by the way. Seattle, seven back. Uh, L.A. is nine back. The Angels are nine back. And the Rangers, 18 and a half back. So, all things to think about as we get closer to the trade deadline. Who are your buyers? Who are your sellers? Hmm. Let's move over to the National League. The National League East, the New York Mets, they're 4-6 in their last 10. They're 43-37. and 37. They've had a lot of injury problems. 
I mean, they're only plus five in run differential this season. And they're on top of this division. Atlanta's sitting there three and a half back, 41 and 42. They're one game under 500. This is where Atlanta's been most of the year. They get to this point of right at 500, and then they'll lose three or four straight. And then they'll battle back, and then they come back and they do it again. They're six and four in their last ten. We'll see if they can't get over the hump, get over 500 this time. Washington, who went red hot for a while, they cooled off now. They've lost four straight. You got a few guys that have hit the DL, and they played some better teams. Uh, they're at 40 and 42, only a half game behind Atlanta, four back of the lead. Uh, Philadelphia is only four and a half back. They're five and five in their last ten. Negative negative thirty one run differential, guys. <clears throat> but they're still only three under five hundred. See what they can do. They're so up and down. You just don't know any day. Miami sitting there. Uh, Miami is thirty five and forty seven. Nine back. They're four and six in their last ten. But they're at plus twenty run differential on the season. When they lose, it's close. When they win, it's not. Mm. As close. Let's go over to the Comedy Central. This joke of division with teams that are, for some reason, still allowed to play baseball. Oh, my goodness. <coughs> oh, they're, oh, this division. Mm. It's going to require Dr. Pepper. Mm. That was delicious. Milwaukee. Milwaukee's won nine out of the last ten. They're 51 and 34. They're on top of this division. They're seven games ahead of the Reds. The Cubs are eight and a half back. St. Louis 10 back. Pittsburgh 20 back. The Cubs have lost nine straight. Nine of the last ten. Does anybody remember the last Cubs win? Show of hands. All right, I'm the only one here with my hand up. I'm also the only one currently in the red chat as the door shut and locked. So, I will answer it. Cubs threw a combined no-hitter. We threw a combined no-hitter to beat the Dodgers, who I'll tell you in a minute that they're a pretty good team. And then we've lost nine straight. We were three back of Milwaukee, going into Milwaukee for a three-game set, and got swept. Oh, we've lost... We lost three straight games to Cincinnati when we got swept by them. All one-run games. Mm. The heart has been ripped out of Chicago. It's done. I fully expect them to blow it up. Chris Bryant, who wants him? Baez, who wants him? Craig Kimball, anybody need a closer? We got one. He's awesome. Chris Bryant and Craig Kimball are only two All-Stars. By the way, yeah. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo, not an all-star. Was not selected to be an all-star. That's how terrible it is letting fans vote. They'll let a fan like, they'll let a clown like Freddie Freeman get in there, but not Rizzo. All right. I'll see you. Let's see where y'all are at. Stupid. Yeah, when he goes to the Yankees and he's first ballot Hall of Famer because he's crushing bombs over their short porch, y'all going to go, Wow, y'all remember when he was in Chicago, it wasn't even an all-star. Yeah, it's because you people got to vote, and y'all shouldn't be allowed to. Over to the, uh, I can point out a few presidential elections, the all-star games, uh, American Idol, definitely not the best. Look, we as American people shouldn't be voting on a lot of things, all right? So let's just go ahead and get that very, very clear. Over to the NL West, 
you got the San Francisco Giants, the G-Men. They've won three straight. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're on top of the division. They're plus 106 run differential. The Dodgers, half a game behind them. Won 9 of 10. Nine straight. They're on fire. Their last loss, when they got no hit by the Cubs. They got no hit and said, no, 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 no. We're turning this around today, and they have. They're plus 121 in run differential. Mm. That's pretty insane. You got San Diego sitting there at four and a half back. They'll still tell you how great they are, even though they've been mediocre. And mediocre for their standards. I mean, they're 50 and 36. That's pretty good. But you know what I'm saying. Plus 86 run differential. Six and four in the last 10. Colorado, only 17 back. 37 and 48. And I say only 17 back because it could be worse. It could be Arizona. Arizona's 23 and 63. That's right. 31 and a half out of first place. Minus 126 run differential. Two and eight in their last 10. Two and eight in the last 10. That's really good for them, actually. So, I didn't really look at the run differentials for the NL Central. I'll just briefly go back to it. Milwaukee's plus 47. That's where you expect the division leader to be. Up there was a decent. Cincinnati's at minus one. Cubs are at minus five. St. Louis is minus 41. And Pittsburgh minus 116. That's all terrible. That's all really bad. Uh, Atlanta's at plus 16. That's only because they beat the crap out of the Cubs earlier this year. No. Uh, Philly's minus, 30, one, uh, minus 31. Nats minus 13. I mean, come on. What are you guys doing? Let's go. Hit the ball. Hit the ball. Somebody play some small ball, base hit it, and dominate baseball and bring that, er- that element of the game back. Guys, this is my time. You got the NHL Stanley Cup still going on. It's going to end very, very soon uh, as Tampa's up 3-0. They're going to end that. To the finals, the NBA finals, the Bucks and the Suns. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Somebody's going to win a title that hadn't done it before. Um, it's You got some fun unique different stats here that you know ESPN keeps throwing out every day and stuff with all these um I've uh I've had a few different ones that it, it'll be a new area era of championships though because the Bucks last won their title in 1971 and the Suns last NBA title was never also on that no player on either of the Bucks or the Suns active rosters has won an NBA championship there's one player whose name eludes me right now. I put it somewhere and I can't find it. But early in the season, he was with the Bucks and he got traded to the Suns or the other way. I think it was that way. But either way, no matter what, no matter who wins, he's getting in an NBA championship ring because he's played enough games for both teams. And either way, he's going to get a ring. So that's, that's interesting for him. Anyway, guys, I want to thank y'all. This is my time. I appreciate y'all listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. As always, I'll leave you with this. Shoot to score. Play to win. And when you get married, make for damn sure that you are the ugly one. I'm Chris Cole.